Hello and welcome to episode number seven from my series Anxiety and Depression. So today's topic and what I want to discuss with you about today is the method. How did I learn to detect my symptoms in time before going into a full-blown depressive episode and I think this is a very important topic because it talks about and it refers to self-awareness. I know it's very difficult to be self-aware and to be conscious and and uh, consciously thinking about what you're doing but basically your road to recovery if you have depression and anxiety and if you you suffer this mental illness is self-awareness you need to get to that stage where you think about what you're thinking and I know this sounds a bit complicated and a bit um, I don't know maybe out of your reach but it isn't Obviously, you're not going to do it from the beginning. You're not going to do it from the first day of treatment. You're not going to do it from the first few sessions of of therapy. Maybe you're taking therapy or the first few pieces of advice that you take from someone. It's going to be a long, hard road. And I'm telling you as a person who's gone through it, I'm telling you as a person who is dealing with the same um, situation and uh, you know that's why I started this whole thing and that's why I decided to share my experience and my uh, feelings and what I go through so that I could help you the one who's listening or maybe you could share it with someone and they could find it helpful because they need help and they don't know where to get it from. They don't know what to do. They don't know what steps to take. Okay, so getting into that subject. Um, again, as always, I like lists. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while or at least this series of my podcast, you'll, you'll <laughs> understand and you'll realize that I love to have a list. And um, uh, here it goes. Let's talk about the first thing in the list. And the first thing is start small. Really, whatever you decide to do, whichever step you decide to take, just take that one. Start small. There's nothing worse and nothing more overwhelming than having to start a bunch of... of, uh, things and a bunch of tasks and and a bunch of changes in your life if you haven't done one yet if you haven't gone through the process of actually changing your behavior and changing your mindset and of course from a perspective of a person who's who's dealing with depression and anxiety it gets even more overwhelming when you think about all the skills that you need all the activities that you need to do everything piled one on top of the other so take that idea out of your mind start small and focus on the first step whatever the first step is focus on that 
everything else will come. Don't worry. It will be okay. Start small. Okay. The second thing on my list is ask for feedback. Asking for feedback, having a conversation with someone that you trust, someone that you love, someone that um you know is going to treat you with love and respect back and is going to have a respectful conversation with you about your situation about how you are dealing with anxiety and depression that's really important so usually we are afraid and i was at the beginning i was very afraid to share my emotions my feelings to share my weaknesses because i thought maybe someone would use them against me and you know the risk is that it might happen maybe um someone somewhere um sometime will use that information against you but just think about what type of person you'll be when they confront you with that information i always think about th- about that and it reassures me it gives me a sense of of stability of responsibility of proudness and i've built a self esteem that is going to help me and is going to give me the right words and the necessary and the right frame of mind to be able to stand up for myself in that conversation you see that was one of my worries one of my worries was to say oh i have depression and i have anxiety and i'm going through this and uh I'm going to be vulnerable and then someone along the way will going to attack me with the same information that I've given out. Well, that's going to happen. Take that as a done thing. It's going to happen. But it doesn't matter because what matters how is how you feel inside about yourself is your self-esteem and how you present yourself to the world, not how the world presents itself back to you. So this is really important asking for feedback and um when you ask for feedback if it's a person that you know if it's someone that you are familiar with um or if it's someone professional if it's someone that um you think is not going to judge you and is going to give you sound and professional advice then just do that whatever's more comfortable with you just do that first small step that first small step in asking for advice is actually the biggest step of all and then the third and fourth item on my list they go hand in hand but i put them separately because i consider them to be separate things so first would be a reflective practice and then observation so we need to get into the habit of reflecting over what we've done well what we've done good what we've done bad what was positive and what was negative when we get the hang of of that reflective practice then we can actually observe ourselves while doing something and we can act in the moment 
we can rectify our thoughts, our feelings, the way we behave and how we react in that moment. Okay, so let's take a step back. We're going to develop for a bit this reflective practice. So the third item on my list is reflective practice. What does that mean and why is this a method to detect early my depression and anxiety symptoms? Well, what I learned with reflective practice is that I can go over the situation that were negative for me, that have impacted me negatively and look at them as an outside observer, looking at them as someone who's not participating in the action and who's not emotionally involved and having that opportunity, looking retrospectively to that situation that was harmful is like a second chance, is a second chance for you to understand what really happened, to identify the triggers for your negative reaction and to put an action plan in place for the next time it happens. So the next time you can confront and you can find a similar situation or an exact the same situation as the one you previously encountered and um, this reflective practice will be your skill will be your method of defense defense mechanism to be able to control your emotions to control your thoughts and to control your feelings and react as you would in a normal situation without the pressure, without the negative feedback, without any uh, stresses or um, problematic issues. What I mean by this is that when you encounter again this situation, you'll be able to treat it like a normal situation. It's not going to be a trigger for you anymore because you've already detected the trigger, you've already detected the stressor, you've already put an action plan in place of how to dominate, how to control your emotions, feelings and thoughts next time you encounter the situation. And uh, honestly, I think I should do a full episode about the reflective practice because it is a very powerful tool to use in any type of situation. And this can include anything really. When you want to be better when you want to improve yourself as a person, when you want to achieve that next level of consciousness, the reflective practice is the best tool to use. It helped me a lot to understand 
what kind of negative situations I was dealing with, what were my triggers and how I could release that negativity and how I could confront those situations in the future with self-esteem, with confidence and by being myself without being afraid and without putting limits in place for myself. And now, obviously, as I said earlier, this brings us to the fourth and last item on the list for today, observation. Um, For me, this is what I call the last stage and last step of recovery. Even if, because, okay, let's take it back for a second. I consider, and I've come to terms with the idea that anxiety and depression is a mental illness, is a mental disorder that's going to be with me my entire life. So once I acknowledge that, I turned it into a strength rather than a weakness. When I acknowledged that, I understood that I need to keep myself grounded. I need to develop habits and tactics and um, mental um, systems, mental processes to be able to have a fulfilling life. If you know you're carrying a very heavy load and you know that no one is going to help you and no one is going to lift that load from your shoulders, you need to accept it. You need to accept it and you need to develop the strength to be able to carry it your entire life. I think this is a very argumentative and contradictory and ironic and um, conflictive subject because most of the people that I've talked to and a lot of the people that I've interacted um, and those people have anxiety and depression or have gone through anxiety and depression um, most of them tell me well I want to get cured I don't want to have this for all my life I managed to get over my mm, depressive episode and okay if you manage to get over it and it never haunted you again that's great I'm really really happy for you honestly very very sincerely happy but it's not my case it's not my situation and I know that there are other people out there going through the same thinking is this ever gonna end so my answer to that question is no it's not gonna end you always have to keep yourself grounded you always have to um 
to be aware there's a danger in your own head, in your own mind, haunting you. And um, it might come out and bite you at any time, any moment and any place. As contradictory as it sounds, this for me was very reassuring because I understood I need to develop certain methods and I need to develop certain strategies to keep me lucid, to keep my head clear. And going back to that last point, the observation, here is where I realized I need to start observing myself. I need to start observing not only my behavior, I need to start observing and keeping myself in check for my thoughts, for my thoughts, for my feelings and my emotions. Observing myself as a bystander, as an outside observer, as a neutral perspective means no judgment. And again, this is another fundamental part of your recovery. You need to confront the judgment that it's there. It's a negative part of yourself. And then you need to replace it with loving thoughts, loving feelings towards yourself and loving habits that reinforce that positivity for yourself. So observation goes beyond reflective practice it goes beyond observing uh, or thinking about something that you did observation for me it means and i associated with the future with the actions that you are going to take into your future and the actions and the words and the feelings and the thoughts that will define you as this new person who has accepted they have anxiety and depression and it's never going to go away. So for me personally so far and at this stage of my treatment and of my recovery observation is one of the most powerful tools I could use in benefit of myself. Well, that's about it from me today for this episode and I hope you enjoyed it. But my special hope is that it helped you or someone that you know because I know there's so many people out there not knowing what to do and not knowing who to ask help for how to express their feelings they're stuck they have like a fog going uh, through their brain which I totally identify with and I know what it means so this is for you my dear listener my dear friend this is for you to help you overcome those stages to help you and tell you you're not stuck You're just in your process of being found. So that's all from me. Stay well, stay safe and I'll talk to you next time.